It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Smitty. Okay, we got a special edition of Baldry's Beat today. We got Premier John Horgan. You could only do 10 o'clock today, so I thought, okay, we can tag team him, right? <laughs> Premier, are you there? I'm here, Mike. Good to hear your voice. Okay, Premier, thank you very much for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate this. Let me let me start, and then I'll let uh, Keith have a crack at you here. Um, yesterday, we saw 800 cases of COVID, and worryingly a large number of these uk variants circulating in the province at the same time we got the province relaxing restrictions on visits in long-term care homes indoor religious services are you comfortable here with relaxing some of these restrictions at the same time the case numbers are surging well we had we had a two-pronged approach yesterday smitty as you know uh, mike farnworth announced that we're doubling down on the fines for those who are not paying attention to the existing uh, orders that are in place to protect British Columbians. And right. at the same time, we've seen such an uh, outstanding result from the vaccination program in long-term care facilities that the most challenging part of the of the the uh, epidemic, quite frankly, has been elders not being able to see their kids and their grandkids. So uh, Dr. Henry is confident that uh, we've completely uh, seen a shutdown in uh, outbreaks in long-term care facilities. I think they've gone from 40-some in January down to just two today. Uh, so I think that was news well-received by seniors, well-received by their kids and grandkids. Uh, on the uh, case count, very, very yeah. concerned. Uh, we, we were hopeful that we were seeing a decline uh, into March, but uh, the uptick is 800 yesterday, as you say, uh, uh, doubling uh, the challenge is the variant that is uh, more transmissible than the in- initial virus. That's a concern for Dr. Henry, but uh, the vaccine program's moving. Uh, We have more supply than we had anticipated because of the AstraZeneca approvals. That means we can target communities like we did in Prince Rupert and like we're doing in Surrey. So uh, I want uh, British Columbians to be concerned, Mike, but I I also want them to have some hope that we're near the end of this. Let me ask you just real quickly on the point you raised about the fines going up and you more than doubled those fines. Like, what is the point of that? Is that like a deterrent? Because, you know, you're only only 10 percent of people are actually paying these fines. Yeah, well, that's uh, that we have other mechanisms like uh, withholding driver's licenses and other tools in our disposal. Uh, you know, Farney can talk to you about those, I'm sure. Okay. But uh, the point is that uh, people, some, some people have said we need more restrictions. Uh, the people that are disregarding the restrictions that are in place are going to just continue to disregard them. So let's hit them where it might matter in their pocketbooks. Uh, the challenge is that so many people, and you hear it all the time uh, on the open, open lines, Mike, that, that people are doing what their part. And when I say we gotta, we got to dig a little bit deeper, they go, we can't. We're doing everything we can. It's those other people. And we want to make sure that we understand that. And we want to make sure that British Columbians get that we're going after those other people. Because okay. they're the ones that are causing the problem. They're the yeah. ones that are creating a community transmission. Keith, Premier uh, Baldry here. Uh, a year ago this month, I remember being in your office. I think it was the last time the two of us were physically in the same room. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking about it. You made it clear you weren't going to be the, f- the front person in this for the government. You're going to let Health Minister Adrian Dix, Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, Solicitor General uh, Mike Farnworth, other cabinet ministers, Carol James, to be the sort of the, the head uh, team in as we guide the public through this pandemic you've been uh, congratulated for that some people have criticized you for that any thought of changing that approach or do you think it's working well i think uh, we made the right call at that time and i, I made that call uh, keith and and mike because i have such confidence in the people around me i'm a team sport guy i know that uh, the success of the government will depend on everyone doing their part uh, we have a gem as you know in dr henry not only does she have uh, 
uh, superior qualifications uh, across the board. She also is a, a very good communicator. She's tired. Adrian's tired. I'm tired. You're tired. British Columbians are tired of this. But I think it was the right call. I, I, I did my job. I kept uh, all of the pieces moving. I worked with uh, confidence in the business community I had. Uh, in my time in opposition, I had economic files. Uh, when I came into the premier's office, I had relationships with labor, with business, community activists. And I, my job was to make sure everyone uh, was getting a, getting a, a say and, and having yeah. input into our solutions to the challenges we faced. Uh, having Bonnie and Adrian, you guys know Adrian as well as I do. There's no one on top of detail uh, be, like him. No one. And uh, the two of them together have been a great team. I also think that uh, we don't talk enough about Stephen Brown, the deputy minister uh, at uh, the Ministry of Health, who has mm-hmm. been there for over a decade now. Just an outstanding public servant. And uh, the three of them together are quite extraordinary. Uh, my job is to make sure all the pieces work. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of the team. Uh, I'm, and I'm confident that British Columbians are getting the services that they deserve and expect. Do, do you think that your government needs to do more? Uh, I know you're doing a lot in terms of financial assistance, but even more. Today, arts and culture groups are celebrating that they got some money. Melanie Mark announcing it yesterday. But you've got the tourism sector. You've got uh, community fairs, Cloverdale Rodeo, the P&E, Williams Lake, you know, all these, these summertime yeah. festivities that need bridge financing right now to stay alive, a point that's been raised in the legislature. I know there's a $14 billion deficit, but is there, is there really a difference if it's the $14 billion or a $16 billion deficit? Doesn't money continue to need to go out the door? Well, we are pushing out unprecedented amounts of money between budgets, and we have our budget coming up uh, in less than a month uh, for the coming fiscal year. And I, I'm confident that uh, those groups that are struggling will see hope in, in that budget, a renewing of our commitment to making sure that people, businesses, and communities uh, are be able to sustain themselves through the pandemic. I also need to give props, and I get criticized for not criticizing the federal government enough, but uh, Christian Freeland, particularly, who started at Intergovernmental Relations in the pandemic and then moved to finance, uh, has been just outstanding in listening to British Columbians and listening to Canadians, quite frankly, through the Council of Federation. Unprecedented support there from Liberals, Conservatives, New Democrats at uh, provincial tables that are quite different, as you know. Uh, I don't recall a time in our history as a country that there's been this level of cooperation. And it's a, it's a credit to everybody that they're putting aside their individual or petty concerns and focusing on what can we do okay. to make sure Canadians get what they need. So I'm, okay. I'm comfortable with where we're at. And I, I think that uh, the next six months that the vaccine program rolls out, it'll give us even more confidence. We've got a few minutes left here with Premier John Horgan. Premier, we started today's show talking about the carbon tax. We had a we had a, a fierce carbon tax debate here a little earlier on the show. The BC carbon tax set to increase this coming Thursday by around another penny a liter on a liter of gas. Last year, you delayed the scheduled increase in the carbon tax because of the pandemic to give people a break. Why are you increasing the carbon tax next week? Well, because we need to get to the federally mandated target by 2022. Uh, the delay of a year gave us a grace period, uh, and we're going to increase uh, the tax by about a penny on uh, April 1st. Uh, it's, of course, we've seen gas prices spike up again as we've seen more people driving and uh, you know, tankers going sideways in the Strait of uh, the Suez Canal. All of these uh, variables that the oil and gas industry throw out as explanations for why they gouge at this time of year. Uh, I get that people are unhappy about that, but the good news is that their car insurance will be going down by about 20% uh, with the new program we've got at ICBC. Uh, we've got a rebate coming from last year because the uh, crashes were down 
claims were down. Uh, that means that people are going to get the driving public are going to get a couple of bucks into their pocket before they see a penny okay. a liter uh, on April 1st. Hey, one more for you from Keith here. Given the state of the government's finances, uh, and you're not alone, of course, every government's in this situation. Aren't other tax increases inevitable or can you rule those out? Well, I, we campaigned on no new taxes uh, other than the sugary drinks. I think uh, that one's uh, gone through. The carbon tax was already baked in uh, to 2022, another penny next year on the one that Mike just talked about. Uh, it's not our, uh, our expectation that we'll have to raise taxes. We're expecting, uh, as we come out of the, the pandemic, uh, quite a boom in British Columbia. And when you look at the data across the country, our uh, employment is coming back very strongly uh, we're the lowest unemployment of the major provinces. We've got uh, the positive economic growth projections from the independent forecasters as well as those inside government. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll have a recovery-led uh, rebound for our finances. And that, that's really the good news. So we have other challenges. I know, Mike, you could talk to me all day about some of these. Uh, housing prices continue to spike up, uh, which is a big challenge uh, for young families. Uh, we had hoped that we had brought in sufficient measures to manage that. Clearly, we need to do more in that regard. There's a, a thousand things that the pandemic has sidetracked that people are still concerned about. And again, that's why I pushed out uh, Dr. Henry and Minister Dix and Farney on the pandemic front, and I was trying to focus on all these other issues. So we've got uh, many irons in the fire, lots of uh, uh, expectations from the public, and our our job is to meet those expectations, and we intend to in the months ahead. Premier, thank you for taking the time to come on Thanks today. A lot. Love to have you back again soon. Thank you. Pre- appreciate talking to both of you. Take care. Be okay. Safe. Okay. Premier John Horgan there. Special edition of Baldry's Beat with Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. In the previous half hour, we talked to B.C. Premier John Horgan. Let's get the other side now. Shirley Bond is the interim leader of the B.C. Liberal Party. She's the leader of the official opposition in the B.C. Legislature. Very pleased to welcome her back to the show. Hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, thanks a lot for coming on. I'll ask you the first question I asked Horgan here a short time ago, and, and that is with the COVID case count surging again in British Columbia at 800 cases yesterday a very troubling uh, high number of variant cases do you have any thoughts on uh, simultaneously relaxing some of the restrictions that we see the, pr- the province is allowing in-person religious services we've got some relaxed uh, visiting rules in long-term care homes is this the time to be relaxing when the case numbers are going up do you think well, I think, uh, Mike, as we've been raising in the legislature, and of course, British Columbians have been focusing on as well, we need to make sure that at a time when uh, British Columbians have done, uh, the majority of them have done an excellent job uh, following all of the, the uh, guidelines, vaccination is the key to this. And so we've been raising uh, important questions, I believe, about the vaccination rollout. We know that that certainly is what allowed uh, Dr. Henry uh, yesterday to uh, relax some of the visitation uh, rules in long-term care, and we're very appreciative of that, actually. But it's a time for cautious uh, optimism, but we need, to, we need to be vigilant. So from our perspective, the critical component here is ensuring that vaccinations get done, that they're done expeditiously uh, in the province, and I think that's critical to the, to, to the changes. Okay. Okay, Sh- Keith. Shirley, it's uh, Baldry here. You've been re- you've been calling on the government for some time in the House uh, in question period and other times uh, to do more to assist uh, community organizations uh, such as the P&E, the Williams Lake uh, Stampede, the Cloverdale Rodeo. 
uh, a lot of uh, basically organizations and festivities are at the heart of local communities. I put that question to John Horgan earlier. He didn't rule out doing that, and perhaps signal that maybe there's something coming in the budget. Are you hopeful that you've sort of made some impact there, or are you still kind of discouraged what you're hearing? No, in fact, we have made an impact. You know, we've looked at, uh, it, for example, uh, things like uh, making sure the VCHL got moving. We we made sure that the extension uh, took place for small and medium-sized business grants, which, by the way, the Premier said couldn't happen. So, of course, we remain optimistic. And the Premier and I and, and our team have talked about this matter. We know that those organizations are the heart of communities. And frankly, uh, government needs to pay attention and, and respond. So we'll be looking at that and certainly uh, line by line, making sure that the budget reflects the needs of communities and, and individuals across the province. Okay, speaking to BC Liberal leader Shirley, Shirley Bond, one of the other things we talked to Horgan about here a short time ago was the BC carbon tax set to increase again next week. So Thursday, April 1st, the carbon tax increase is going to add about a little over a penny a liter on a fill-up when you gas up your vehicle. Do you have any thoughts on the carbon tax in BC and whether you think it should have continued to be frozen? Like last year, they froze the carbon tax in place because of the pandemic to give people a break. Pandemic's still going on, but the carbon tax is going up next week. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, the, the challenge we have is that the carbon tax isn't the only thing that's going up. Next uh, week, British Columbians will face significant increases to things like sugary beverages. They're going to look at uh, increases on things like Netflix. Uh, this is a government that relies heavily on increasing taxes, and, and you know we're very concerned about that. British Columbians and, and businesses across the province are at their capacity to manage these financial issues. So, of course, we're concerned. And I do want to, I know you will remember that we created the carbon tax, but it was right. revenue neutral. And mm-hmm. that's an important element lost on this government. Okay, so you're not opposed to the increase next week then on the carbon tax? Well, of course, we're concerned about that. And British Columbia continues uh, to be uh, ahead of other jurisdictions. And, and this premier should be having regular conversations with the federal government about that increase. We're, we're concerned about any taxes that are going up at a time when British Columbians, businesses and families can least afford it. Okay. Shirley, as you mentioned, a number of things are going up on April 1st because it's the beginning of a new fiscal year. Do you think the government should, should stand down anything that's as, at their disposal in terms of uh, fee hikes, uh, tax hikes and such, uh, considering the situation we're in in a pandemic? Well, they should absolutely consider that. And the last thing we want to see is new taxes. British Columbians have said clearly, we've had enough and we're concerned about that. We raised an issue, Keith, as you know, in the, in the legislature, for example, about fees uh, to daycare, mm-hmm. daycares that are driving them out of business, uh, crown land leases that are, are uh, fees that are going up. So yes, the government should be taking a look at what's in the best interests of British Columbians and certainly tax hikes at a time like this and fee increases are really challenging. Like you mentioned, uh, a looming tax on Netflix. So I, I believe it's the, the PST, right? The P, the provincial sales tax will be charged to Netflix starting next week in BC. Is that correct? Well, they're adding new, yes, they're adding tax yeah. uh, increases to Spotify, uh, those kinds of things. Right. Do you think that should be delayed or, or, or they should not go forward with that? Well, I think there should be consideration for what's most important for British Columbians and tax hikes and tax increases. Uh, you know, there should be consideration of them. First of all, we disagreed with those taxes in the first place. This is a government that taxes and spends. We don't support that approach. 
Okay. Do you uh, speaking of uh, BC's finances? We, we'll have a budget here soon in the province. Do you have any concerns about? Like where we're at with the sustainability of spending in this province and the large deficits, like every government is racking up huge deficits. Do you think it's it, we're spending too much in BC or are you comfortable with the spending? Well, we certainly agreed to providing badly needed supports. The problem has been this government's been unable to actually get those supports out the door appropriately. And what we want to see is a plan. The theme of this legislative session was no plan. There's no plan to deal with tourism, the tourism sector. No plan to support economic growth and recovery. There's a missing plan. Mental health and addictions. You, you have seen the, the uh, hit and miss approach uh, in terms of those programs. What's missing is planning. We understand the focus on COVID, but let's be clear, we need to look beyond that as well and have a plan in place for those issues. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Shirley. Always. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye-bye. Okay. Shirley Bond there. She's the interim leader of the B.C. Liberal Party, leader of the opposition in the House, responding to the earlier interview we had with Premier John Horgan. And we covered a lot of ground there. We talked about some tax increases going up next week. You heard about that increase on Netflix and streaming services. That's kicking in next week. The PST would apply to those fees. Uh, the B.C. carbon tax going up next week. You heard her criticize these tax hikes in B.C., Phone me on that if you like. We also talked about the surging caseload of COVID in the province, some restrictions being relaxed, a lot of people worried about that. Phone me on it. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. 604-280-9898, star 9898, toll free on your cell. Keith Baldry is here. It's Baldry's Beat. This is Mike Smith. Back with your calls.